with me today uh, is, our, is our guest, um, Rose Larson. And now Rose serves uh, with the organization called Settled in an advisory role and also in, in an intentional neighbor role. And we'll get into what that looks like. Um, Rose is also um, a missional life pastor at Church of the Open Door here in the Twin Cities. Um, yeah, that's right. Would you, let's, get, let's give a warm welcome to Rose here. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for being here, Rose. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I love being here. Love joining. So, so tell us, so as this is uh, the week of prayer and service for us here at Northwestern, um, as well as being Grandparents Day, this, this day is, is, is set aside for us, this week is set aside for us as a, as a week to focus on the rhythms of prayer and service in our life. And um, we'll get into how that, how, how that overlaps with you and your story and your vocation and all that kind of stuff. But would you first just tell us sort of what you're up to uh, vocationally? You know, what, you have a couple roles there. Talk about that, uh, share about how you uh, were led into those opportunities. Yeah, yeah so... Um... Gosh, it's such a joy to be with all of you. And I was so excited that grandparents are here today too. I love that. Um, yeah, so I am a missions pastor and prayer pastor at Church of the Open Door in Maple Grove. And, um, and I see Ren and a couple other people here who go there. Um, and so uh, I, I do that full time. Um, I had no idea that I'd be led into being a pastor, not on my radar at all, when I was um, in these seats at Bethel, sorry guys, um, 15 years ago. <laughs> Save the tomatoes for later. Um, <laughs> I had no idea I'd be a pastor. And then I live in a community, intentional community in St. Paul, alongside people who have come out of chronic homelessness. And so I've lived there for just over six months, and it's been a four-year project or four-plus-year project. Um, and we're the first community of tiny homes on church land where we have invited people who have experienced homelessness for one to 10 to 15 years or more uh, to come and live in community, live in loving community on church land. And it's a way to equip the church to actively live our neighbors as ourselves and share the abundant resources we have as a church, like land and connections, networking with people and love that we've been given by God that overflows out of us as the people of God. Um, and connect those who are on the margins of society in our world, um, in our Twin Cities, who have been pushed aside and considered lepers in our world, people who are homeless. And we say, no, you're adopted into the family, and we love you, you are seen, and you are created for goodness. So that's kind of what, um, what my life looks like. I live there, and I work at, a, at another church, and it's a way to bring churches together as well, churches of all different denominations together, and be united to, to care for, for those who, who are on God's, God's heart. So... It's so beautiful. I love, I love the mission of Settled and, and, uh, and, and, and the opportunity it gives the local church to, to really live into that call that God has for us to, to love our neighbor. And I love that use of the, that intentional use of the word neighbor, right? And I know that that's language that, that you with Settled really grasp onto as well. So Rose, would you, would you share a little bit what it's like? You mentioned living in an intentional community um, as an intentional neighbor. Can you tell us really what that role is, what it's designed for, um, and, and what that experience has been like for you over the past months. Yeah, um, total and utter joy. Um, when people asked me what surprised me when I moved in, um, I said how peaceful it is. Um, I don't know why that surprised me. I, I think it's because I, I do 
outreach for people who are living on the streets in St. Paul every Tuesday and Thursday. And, um, and I've seen the beautiful people that are out there who have come on really, really hard times. And I've seen some really hard, hard things. And, um, and so I, I don't think I expected the amount of joy and peace and family that I've experienced. So living there, the, my neighbors, uh, there's five people, uh, there's eight of us total. Um, there's me as an intentional neighbor and a couple as an intentional neighbor. And then five people, uh, five neighbors who have come out of living on the streets. And, um, and they're incredible people. They, they can, they're hilarious, generous, kind um, protectors, so they they consider me family, and there's been trust built that they would do anything for me, and so I feel so safe, so seen, so loved, and there's total and utter joy all the time because of the unique things that they see because they've had nothing in their life, so they see so much joy and life in the smallest of things. So I feel constantly like my eyes are open to more of the joy of the Lord and more life because I, I live there. So um, practically, I, we each have our own tiny homes, and the church building is the place where we shower, where we use the bathroom, where we cook most of our meals and have meals together. And then there's a garden and a picnic area, and that's and bonfire pits, and that space we hang out in and. In the, in the church building, there's a TV, so we have movie nights and um, large table where we have community meals. And, um, and it's just a total joy to cultivate community in that way and share, share resources together. It's beautiful. You know, I, I had a chance to, to tour the sacred settlement there and see the, the homes. And they're just, they're just beautiful, you guys. They're beautiful. And, and they're, they're well-made. And, and, and that says something. That speaks something and it's dignifying and it's humanizing, right? And um, how exciting to be a part of something like that. Thank you for sharing about your experience. Um, so would you, so again, we're, we're sort of emphasizing these, these rhythms of prayer and service this week here for the week of prayer and service. Rose, would you talk about like how those rhythms are, um, how you intentionally um, and how God works those rhythms into your life, prayer and service, what what do those things look like for you, you know, as you work and as you live and as you, you know, go about your, your day? Yeah. I love this question so much um, because you can't separate the two. You said that earlier, but you can't separate prayer and service um, because to me, service is loving your neighbor as yourself, like we know, um, and that's so connected to seeing people through God's eyes and feeling God's heart for people. And that is prayer. Um, so just the, the common thing I keep coming back to in prayer and service is oneness with God. Like in John 17, when Jesus prays that we, all the believers, would be one with the Father as Jesus is one with the Father through the Spirit. So to me, prayer and service is that. It's, it's being so attuned to our oneness with God, that Jesus lives inside of us, that our Father um, designed us to see what He's doing and then do what we see Him doing and partner with Him at all times. And that's, that's, a, that's a lofty goal. Um, and so we will never attain it because <laughs> we're humans. But, um, but to me, it's being in constant conversation with Jesus. What are you doing here, Holy Spirit? Like, oh, help me see. And each morning I curl up on my knees before I get out of bed. And I, and I say, like, I, don't, I can't do this day without you, God. Uh, it, I want to see through your eyes and I want your heart today. 
And he does that. He shows me people that I wouldn't see without him and, and gives me words to speak to people that I would have no idea to speak to people. Um, and it just flows when we're walking by the Spirit and when we're, when we're in a place of prayer and in a place of, of God, I, you know these people and I want to see them like you and I want to partner with what you're doing in the world and in their lives. So to me, they're so, it's so interconnected. For sure, and I, you know, you bring up you bring up such a good point about about it's the spirit, it's the spirit in us. You know, not only did did Christ come and live and and be an example, a living, breathing example of what this look, can look like, um, but He's given us His spirit to live inside us, to empower us uh, toward that end. And I just think that's that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing. Um, can you talk more about? your God's story. So like, how has God led you in your life? Um, what ways has he, um, what ways has he gotten hold of your heart, your attention? Um, yeah, just, just kind of talk, share with us a little bit about, about your story. Yeah. Um, I, I've known God all my life. I had the gift of being born into a family who loved the Lord. And my parents, they grew up in a lot of abuse, and a lot of brokenness, and they they were saved by the Lord in their teenage years, and God, God helps them by his grace to say that we don't want to perpetuate this cycle that we experienced. And so I grew up with parents who sought after the Lord and prayed over us and sought to love us like God and, um, and understood what it felt like to be the least of these in the world. Um, and so I, I felt, I feel like it's such a gift to have grown up in that. Um, and God has, has totally transformed my life because I, I, I am somebody that if, if it wasn't for God, I'd probably be a timid person in the back of the room, uh, sitting quietly and hoping nobody really calls on me for anything. Um, I, I was scared to death to even spend the night at my best friend's house growing up. Um, and I'd be the kid that would count how many paragraphs I'd have to read ahead of time in class so that I'd read the paragraph I'd have to read out loud so that I wouldn't mess up what I was reading because I was terrified of saying anything out loud. Um, so it makes me want to weep at thinking about how God has transformed my life, how being filled with his spirit and, and having deep encounters with him, the, the living God, our creator, has transformed me. Um, so one of those significant moments was in college, my sophomore year of college, where I broke up with the man I thought I'd marry, and I was devastated because I had a plan in my heart and my mind of what my life would look like, and it didn't, it broke apart. And God swooped in there and pulled me out of the pit that I was in and had me fall in love with him as the lover of my soul and the source of my life. So that utterly changed my life, and he helped me see um, by being in his word and then being immersed in communities of people who are different from me, the riches that, that he placed inside of each human being. And so I started to see people um, like on the side of the road or uh, holding a sign, you know, signing or people who looked extremely different from me, different backgrounds. And I started to feel so much love for them. And I, I just felt compelled to know who they were. So I started to go out and just like pull over and get a sandwich and sit on the side of the road and talk to people. And, um, and it was just him breaking my heart for what breaks his heart and seeing, that, seeing people as the unique created being that he designed them to be. It was like I got to see the inside of who they were. And, and it was just by his spirit that he did that. And so I started to just step out of my comfort zone in little ways. Um, 
And that's really how he's transformed my life to, to being where I am today, was those little, little ways of saying yes to his invitations, to, to know his heart for people, and to, to learn from people, and see that, that I, I am the learner in every situation with every person I come across. Um, and, and then saying yes to, to things like uh, not, wanting, not wanting to be a part of a church, and then him saying, you need to be a part of a larger community. You need to be a part of a larger church. And, and so I started going to church and then saying yes to moving chairs, and then they gave me a microphone to lead the groups, and I, I was terrified. And, he, and I just kept saying yes and taking a deep breath and saying, Holy Spirit, I've got nothing. You have to show up. And he kept on doing that over and over and over again. And... Um, and just expanding me and expanding my heart and love for him and his people. Um, so that's, that's part of how I've seen him, him move in my God story. It's such a beautiful, beautiful story. I love, I love hearing how God uh, takes us who really have, have nothing, nothing to give and, and, and fills us up and uses us, works in us and through us. Um, could you share a little bit more specifically as it relates to your vocation, your, your professional calling, like how does that inform how you, how does it inform how you work? How has God shaped you through those experiences professionally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I, I really look at my life, and I told you this earlier, that I look at, I, I reflect on where I, where I am as a pastor and an intentional neighbor, and um, part of my role at Open Door is going overseas and leading leading mission trips to Liberia and Guatemala and different places. and And I look at my life and I think, who am I? I am no one special. I have no idea how I got here, um, because it is a total joy. I I have a life that's so rich and abundant in experiences and in people, um, and. So I look at my life and I think, I, I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> um, and so I, I see the way that, that God has opened up doors and I've walked through them into uh, teaching and, and speaking and leading different groups of, of people on mission trips and then listening, sitting alongside the road and listening to people's stories and falling in love with our neighbors who are homeless. Um, and And being bonded through the spirit, like brothers and sisters with anybody that I meet. And so to me, uh, my vocation, my calling, my work, like it all, it all fades. Um, there, there aren't really lines because I believe that we as the people of God are called to live on mission all the time. At every moment we are like, okay, God, what are you doing? Uh, who can I see? How can I respond? And um, what are you already up to here and how can I partner with you? And so, um, so I feel like in my work and experiences, I've just learned so much from the people around me and from the experiences that I've had that have, has really, at, at I think the heart and the key of it has freed me from a lot of fear of what could be, fear of the unknown, fear of stepping out into the, into the discomfort or uh, outside of my comfort zone. And so my, my work and my vocation has just pushed me outside of my comfort zone over and over and over again. And that has been such a gift. So then I, uh, I can say I'm an ordinary person that has no idea what I'm doing. And God has shown me so much more than I can imagine. And there's so much more to learn. That's really cool. Cause I have a feeling there's, there's some of us in the room who are 
feeling that normal person who has no idea what they're doing <laughs> uh, sort of thing going on in their hearts and, and, and who of us haven't experienced that uh, in our lives. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that story. Um, you seem so filled with hope and joy. I'd like to talk about hope for a second. Um, if you could share with us, what, what is your hope for the followers of Jesus um, broadly? And then what's your hope for us followers of Jesus here at the, in, in, at the Northwestern, um, in the Northwestern community? Oh, hope. I, I have such hope and I pray for the bride of Christ, the people of God and us at Northwestern here today and you students who go to school here and you grandparents who love your family so well. Um, I, I hope and I pray that we could be awake that we could be awake. Uh, and I even had this picture during worship of, of God like removing this like veil or even this like shade, this hood over our, our eyes, our head that have maybe limited our view of who God actually is, the creator of the universe and who Jesus is as our savior and king and friend. And so my hope is that we could be awake to who Jesus actually is and the, the, the riches, the life, the abundance of who he is and be so united with him and so awake to who he is and what he's doing and then who we are. Um, I realize I might be getting a little preachy here, but this is just, oh, so on my heart for us as the people of God and, and you at Northwestern is to know that Jesus was raised and seated next to our heavenly father and that he raised us up next to him, seated in the heavenly places, that he is above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and that every knee will bow before him, and that our knees get to bow before him. So it is my hope and prayer that we would practice uh, what Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, which is trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And, and that's every single moment of every day that we would be awake and that we would trust in him and that we would be expectant to be surprised and shocked at how he leads us and who he leads us, what path he brings us across someone else's path and that we would see and we would hear how he wants us to respond and what we can learn from each of those people we encounter and that that transforms the world. Can you imagine, okay, can you imagine us being filled with the Holy Spirit, which he says in John 7 are like streams of living water flowing from within us. And we as the people of God go out into the world, onto the sidewalks, into the grocery store, uh, traveling on the beach, and we're filled with the Spirit like streams of living water overflowing into every single person that we see whether we were aware of it or not. And they are then touched by the Holy Spirit with love and peace and joy. The world is desperate and thirsty for this. So that is my hope that we would be awakened to who God is and who he is in us and then how we are to live into that. And that's just by the Holy Spirit. Preach. <laughs> Preach on. Love it. Um, as you think about resources that have helped you along the way or opportunities that have really been uh, impactful for you, and would you, would you share with us, like what are some, um, some, some resources, whether it's 
books or podcasts or or even, and then also opportunities to get involved even with even with settled or if it's not settled like what are, what are some other just more high level hey if you want to get involved if you want to if you want to live out more like like how Christ wants us to live here, here are some practical ideas what would you share with us yeah i um the first thing that comes to my mind is having a mentor or a community of people or person that you're like, I want to be like them. Like, I want to live as boldly as my, in my faith as that person. I want to learn from them. I want to, I want, they look like Jesus to me and I want to look more like Jesus and live more like him. So I highly recommend and encourage having mentors. And that's something that God has brought into my life and changed me. And someone that you feel safe to process with, ask questions, wrestle, dig into the word, have a safe space where you can process your faith, process God, process the hard things, like why is there evil in the world with such a good God? Have spaces that you can process those really hard questions with and, and a place that you, you can truly feel free and safe and then learn from people who have gone before you. Um, and then, oh, there are so many books and resources that, that I'm sure you're exposed to here at school. Um, but... To me, uh, one of the, the, the most significant things is memorizing the word, is being in the word and, and studying in the community of people. And that sounds so maybe boring or maybe basic, but it, it transforms your life. And the, the word is a double-edged sword. And so when you speak it out with love and with compassion, the truth of it cuts through to people's hearts. Um, and, and then it, it informs how you live. So one of, the, one of the things that totally transformed my life was meeting a man who was homeless outside of Cub Foods. And I heard the Holy Spirit, because I've been in the Word, the Holy Spirit used the Word to speak to my heart and say, Rosie, that what you've done for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you've done for me. Rosie, if you can eat, your brother can eat. And so I, I invited him to come and have a meal with me, and it totally changed my life. Um, so, so be in the word and, and be in community with a mentor and with, with other people who want to dig into the word and want to know what it's like to live the life of, of Christ. And then serve, get outside your comfort zone. Like tomorrow is service day for you all. Get outside your comfort zone. Say yes to things you don't want to say yes to, but you know would be on God's heart. Um, and, and say yes to loving other people above yourself. And it, it, it touches your heart and transforms you and lifts off any even heavy emotion Emotions can sometimes rule us, and they're not our ruler. Jesus is our ruler. And so we walk by faith, not by sight, and not by our emotions. So even if you feel like, I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to serve my roommate. I don't really want to serve that person that's rude to me. I don't really want to stop and see this person on the side of the road and get them a sandwich, even though they're highlighted to me in my heart and mind right now. You can choose to say yes, even when you don't feel it. So continue to step outside your comfort zone. Rose, would you, as we have time for maybe one more question, uh, just what, what's your parting thought for us today? Do you, want, do you, have, do you have something left to share uh, with our couple minutes left today? Um, I have less to share as much as a minute of space for us to listen because um, listening prayer has been one of the most significant things in my life. I practice this almost daily. Uh, it took a long time for me to get it in my rhythm of life. But to just sit with an open piece of paper and, and say, Holy Spirit, what's on your heart? And write down what comes to my mind. It's transformed my life. And, and I do that with people um, 
with, with community, and I want to do it with you. So if you just get in a comfortable position and close your eyes, and I promise you won't miss class. I'm aware of the time. Um, and so just take a deep breath and open up your hands if you're comfortable. And Jesus, you are here with us. You are always working and moving, and you are always speaking, and you love each person here more than we can imagine. So Jesus, will you bring to mind a person that you want us to pray for right now? Jesus, someone that you're interceding for, who do you want us to lift up in prayer to you right now? Bring that person to mind. And just in your heart, just lift that person up to Jesus and say, Father, your kingdom come. Father, your kingdom come into this person's life. Bless them. And Holy Spirit, is there anything you want us to know here? Either about that person and a a way we can serve them or about you and what's on your heart. Holy Spirit, speak to our heart now. Thank you, Jesus. Will you cultivate a heart of prayer and a heart of service in us? And as uh, Isaiah 43 came to my mind, and I want to just pray this over all of us, um, behold, I am doing a new thing. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Jesus, your word is so powerful, and you are doing a new thing. So will you show each one of us here today what that new thing is in our life and in the world that we can partner with you in? And will you do that new thing in us? Rebirth us, Lord. We love you and we bless you, Lord, and we want to live our life surrendered to you and following your ways. Make us into your people and may we step out in boldness and strength. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen.